Welcome to Somebody Date Jen and Kyle, the podcast where two people pursue and try and succumb to love. I am Jen Sanford. This is Kyle Marshall, and we are two people trying to find love, but are totally unqualified to have a podcast about it. And yet here we are, and here you are listening on this Friday night. Thank you for joining Mm us in YYC and beyond. A cool Friday night out there. Yeah, sure is. Sure is. All right, let's just dive into it. Let's just dive into it because it's November (laughs) and we've waited all week for this Friday night. Let's start with the relationship scorecard, Kyle. Would you like to go first? Oh boy, howdy. I guess so. You know, you you mentioned before we push record about <laughs> it looked like I was in a grumpy mood and uh, you are not wrong. Uh-oh. Uh, I am, I guess if we're looking at this as a scorecard, it would be Kyle zero, <laughs> life one. I don't know. How, oh no. How, how yeah. Are. For those of you listening, Kyle is normally, Kyle normally looks, you know, upbeat, shoulders back. He's not looking like our friendly neighborhood, Kyle Marshall. Mr. Marshall, what's going on this Friday night? So I tried my my very best, but I think at, having the conversations we have over the last couple of weeks, I had to come to the realization that I was uh, deluding myself a little bit with this relationship I've been in only because I was trying so hard to keep the conversation going. I was sending messages and I was, I was coming up with like date ideas and I kept trying to like engage them. And all I was getting, it wasn't like one word answers, but it really was like (laughs) to the point, not trying to carry the conversation on, not trying to have that reciprocal, I don't know, engagement with it. And finally I just stopped trying (laughs) i didn't send any messages and now it's been 10 days without any message coming my way so i think that is writing on the wall i'm going to take that for what it is and uh, move on to my next big adventure which basically Uh. as as i mean as i keep saying uh and this supports I am unlovable and I will never find happiness. (laughs) Stop, stop. Okay. So it feels so odd because last week we were talking about slow ghosting. Is that, Mm -hmm, do you mm -hmm. you think that's what happened? I think so. That's what it feels like to me. Do you have any thoughts on why that happened or do you not even want to go there? No, because this is always a hard part because I don't know. I I don't know. I, I is the quick answer. I don't know. I can make up a reason. Maybe me trying to go too fast because I feel like the clock is ticking just like if anyone knows Peter Pan, the crocodile that follows around Captain Hook with like the little alarm clock in its belly and you can hear like the tick, 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 tick. I hear that crocodile for coming for me every step of my every minute of the day. So uh, I need to move. I want to get going. I want to go to the next level and I don't want to like, quote unquote, take things slow. <laughs> so I have a, have a feeling that might have been part of it. Do you think it's that you feel the, that clock ticking, like you feel that pressure or do you think it's just that we're 30 eight we're 38 right well, yeah we're 38 yeah, yeah. do you feel like just you reach this point where i was talking about this with a girlfriend the other day like you just want to move and live with intentionality right like mm-hmm. i think the, the ambiguity that was fun when you were 21 is faded away and you just have goals and you need partnership for those goals and you want companionship because you want those things in your life like is it about a clock ticking like, is it about a sense of urgency or is it just about intentionality? Do you understand what I'm talking about? Like the difference between urgency and intentionality? Why don't you explain it? 
like urgency is the sense of like, if I don't accomplish this thing, I will have failed, right? Like I need Mm -hmm. to meet this milestone. I need to have this hurdle. I need to achieve this goal of having someone in my life because I want to do these other things like get married and have a family and and do all of those things. Do we have a tendency to, to confuse urgency with intentionality, this idea of I've achieved so much professionally. I know who I am in my 30s. I have a good circle of people around me. I feel balanced. I know myself and I'm ready to live with intentionality. Do you understand? Like, I think sometimes we confuse mm-hmm. those two. So do, for you, do you think it is urgency or do you think it might actually be this idea of intentionality? It might be that intentionality piece because I don't feel beholden to, I guess, societal norms. Like, it's not like I want to be in a relationship or pursue marriage or a a long-term relationship because it's like, oh, that's what society deems is important and therefore I must follow what everyone else is doing. I've taken a lot of thought on this. I, I totally understand and I have friends in my life who are completely the other way and like, that is not something that interests me. I'm not going to try and pursue it. I'm like, cool, yeah, that's for you. But for me, I know that those things are important in my life. And so it is intentionality that I'm trying to go and find those things Not because I feel like I need to do that, but because I want to do it. I like that. What I don't like is you saying that you're unlovable. Quit it. (laughs) Cut that out. Cut that out. People Mm -hmm. who are listening are going to write in and somehow they'll make it my fault. Like, don't let him believe that. Don't let him believe that. That's you letting someone else define what you are. You know, there's this old Hungarian proverb that I like that says, if three people tell you you're a horse, go buy a saddle. And I think we have a tendency to live by that far too often, this idea that if someone says I am something, then you just become that thing. And I think part of finding yourself and then subsequently finding love is about saying, I am not what people say I am. I am what I am because I decide to be that thing. And maybe, again, that's living with intentionality. But um, don't say you're unlovable. It'll attract all the wrong energy. How do you know that he, she, they aren't listening right now? And that's your person. Don't you <laughs> feel be. like you you block the universe when you say Maybe they respond to their text messages if they were listening to this podcast. Well, I'm really sorry that this guy did this to you. And in the words of what you had to say last week, which made me laugh out loud so hard, just shiv him in the neck. <laughs> right. Is wait, was that a lot? That was a lot. Yeah, that was, that was a lot. lot. How about you, Jen? How is Jesus? <laughs> um, okay, so a couple more dates in, and I have to say that this is like kind of a masterclass in why you don't judge a book by its cover because mm. like I've been saying, like at face value, he's like kind of a mess. But then behind that, he's like really smart and quite articulate, has a great point of view. I think he's got a really strong moral compass. I don't know. I kind of had this like, let's just make this a fly by night thing. But there's something there. And I'm very, very curious. Can you ask me again next week? Because I kind of have a big week ahead of me. And uh, sure. I I feel like, like I don't want to put this under a, a, a shit test because again, you should go to relationship jail for that. But I think I have to really work hard this week to really show this guy like some of my warts, like who I am. I think that's my goal this week. My goal what? is to be like this. What is- is- sorry, sorry. What is your number one wart? What does that mean? Oh, I I don't know. Like I have a tendency to be pretty uh, bossy. And I mm-hmm. think maybe I need to, because right now I'm just like, oh, everything you do is great. That'll fade. Like, don't be, don't be fake. So I think this week it'll be my goal to maybe find something or, or to exercise my will a little bit more so he can see that I'm pretty, you know, Mm -hmm. you know, I'm pretty Jen. (laughs) (laughs) Sure. My my girlfriend, the new sitcom coming on Fox this fall, 
I'm just Jen. Just Jen. Um, yeah, I used to have uh, my really good friend uh, from college, Bria, used to always say, um, oh, God, she's in full Jen mode. So maybe he mm-hmm. needs to see a little bit of Jen mode. Because uh, right now I'm being like this charming, accommodating. Oh, whatever. I don't care. And maybe I need to be the girl who's like, listen, if you wanted fries, you should have ordered your own. I don't we don't share off each other's <laughs> plate. Uh, well, we'll see. That makes me sound like a total bitch. But I think I have to really kind of let him see how assertive I am. That does bring up a good point. If we do ever go to a restaurant, I have no problem with you, like, trying something that you see on my plate, but it's a one-time only deal. You don't get to keep picking at my food, and then you should have ordered it yourself. Should have ordered it yourself. You have to know that um, we've never told the story on the podcast, but when Kyle and I had the launch of this podcast, we went out and um, I ordered this. It was, a, it, was a, it was a bar, so, like, the food is, you know, food. Yeah, bar food. But they brought me a steak and the steak was undone. <laughs> so embarrassed. The steak was underdone. And so my strategy was to cut a little piece off the steak. And then would you like to tell them what I did? Yeah, you, you cooked it on the candle that was on the table. That's right. Like, I don't know. <laughs> like some mountain woman who had come down and gone to a restaurant for the first time. <laughs> a mountain woman in... In uh, four-inch stilettos and the tightest dress I could find, but also very, you know, roughing it. But um, just think, I was thinking about this the other day, of the aroma that I must have been giving out in that restaurant, because now it's like spice steak aroma Mm -hmm, from the the candle. Hey, listen, if they want to serve it like fondue style, what am I, who am I, who am I to judge? (laughs) Honestly, who am I to judge? Exactly. Um, It's like a fusion of what's supposed to be a downtown sophisticated martini bar that I just immediately turned into Korean barbecue. Anyway, it's November 19th. And did you know, Kyle, as a man, that November 19th is International Men's Day? Did you know that? Today's International Men's Day. Happy International Men's Day, Kyle. I think my I think my phone told me or Twitter told me that here this morning, which I always find hilarious because... This is people showing their true colors because you see this every time like International Women's Day comes out. It's like, why isn't there a day for men? And people always have to say, uh, there is. It's actually on this (laughs) date and no one does anything for it. Yeah, nobody does anything. If you're curious, International Men's Day is actually a a global holiday celebrated Mm -hmm. in 57 countries, including Canada. It celebrates all the achievements of men. And they actually have like a whole code here with like pillars. Like we celebrate, you know, nationhood, unionhood, society, family, community, marriage and childcare, and all of those things that men are a part of, whether they like it or not. I love that we're going to delve into all of those. <laughs> no, we're not. In this episode. No, we are oh. absolutely not. We are not that kind of podcast to talk about the socioeconomic uh, contributions of men. But what I find interesting is that I date men. Mm-hmm. You date men. So we're both uniquely, (laughs) you do stop (laughs) it. You do stop it. Um, Not currently, but you do. So we're uniquely qualified to answer men's questions. Are we not? I think so. (laughs) Okay. Uniquely qualified and also completely unqualified. So this week I thought rather than do all the things we do on this podcast, we would just head to the fishbowl. So we opened up the floor a few weeks ago to ask men specifically So all men, whether you date other men or women, ask us your questions and we will put Mm -hmm. them all in the fishbowl. We have a very full fishbowl tonight. We're just going to answer your questions from the fishbowl. Just that simple. We're going to we're going to tag team it here today. So we're actually going to put the fishbowl here in between us. Yes, we are. I I will remove my own keys. We're going to have to dig this week. 
dig nope. this week. Because it is International Men's Day, um, I'll take the first question. Absolutely. I would expect nothing less. I would expect <laughs> nothing less. So here we go. Question submitted by men on International Men's Day. Question number one, Kyle, go ahead. So how do I really, like, really know if a girl likes me or is just being friendly? <sighs> um, <laughs> I can answer this as a woman. Speaking on behalf of all women, which of course is never dangerous at all. I think it's you watch the physical cues and you watch the boundaries. I think those are the two mm. things. I think on the physical cues, you watch what they're doing with their body. If, they're, if their body is, you know, really sort of polite and, and, and proper, they're probably just being friendly. If their body is very open and their gestures are very suggestive, I think watch the body language and less about what is coming out of their mouth, which I feel like a betrayal. See, I've already betrayed all women now. Don't listen to what they're saying. Just watch what they do. Um, right. it's, like the, it's like the teacher from Peanuts. Want, want, want you just... <laughs> no, but if I think their body language gives it away. Uh, and also, if they really give you a lot of cues that they want to know more about you. Um, like women are mm -hmm. really good at, at, at symmetry, right? You tell me something about you. I tell you something about you. Listen to how they react to the symmetry. Right. If they're like, oh, my God, like they're, they're really interested in the answer that you give back versus waiting to tell something about themselves. That can usually be a tell between being friendly and actually wanting something more. The other thing I would add to this before I pass it over to you is, you know, at any time, gentlemen, you can ask. You can just ask. I think I often think of how many missed connections are there out there from men who were like, oh, I just didn't want to ask and women who were like, I don't know what more it took. I hate I hate to think how many missed connections I might have or you might have. Right. Like did something amazing just pass me right by because a failure to be direct. Yeah, I hate uh, this is our 13th episode. So I hate to be someone who's already repeating stories. So stop me if you've heard this one before. This is when I had first moved to Calgary, I don't know, two or three months in, and I was waiting at the bus stop, and this attractive woman came up to me, and she's like, so do you, um, do you, do you know the bus schedule here very well? It's like, yeah, I've, I've been here for a couple months now. I'm, I'm kind of getting it under my belt here. It's like, oh, like, I just moved here. I'd really love it if someone could maybe, like, show me a little bit about the city and, like... You know, take me on a tour. I'm like, oh, yeah, that'd be fun if someone could do that for you. And like no! got on my bus and left. <laughs> I like, and it was not until like literally two or three stops later. I'm like, I am such an idiot. I cannot believe I'm one of those people. I don't pick up on on those types of signals until it's like way too late. Or it's like a friend has to be like, um, that was like an obvious, obvious sign that they were throwing at you that you completely just did not see or pick up on. Are you better now or is this still? No, because I never know if someone is just being nice or if they're actually. I always have this very deep fear that I am going to interpret something in the wrong way and not just cause slight embarrassment, but like assume something completely incorrect. Uh, and then, of course, cause them not to like me in any type of way. So I, uh, I just assume. <laughs> I just always just go with the baseline of being like, probably just being friendly, probably just being nice. And I should not uh, overthink this here too much. Can I say something super offensive? <laughs> sure. This is probably going to black face on. Are you? <laughs> no women. Okay. This hang in here with me. There's no connotation on this. Women can be a little bit like monkeys. 
They don't really let go of one branch until they have a firm hold on the next one. And what I mean by that is if you're in a situation with someone and they're asking about like, when will I see you the next time? Or are you going to this party? Or are you going to be at this place? Or do you know someone? If they're looking to swing onto the next branch because they feel like the adventures of this branch are ending, that's usually a pretty good symbol that they're into you. Mm-hmm. Right? So think, think future focus. So they're just like, well, bye. Women aren't really wired that way, especially someone that doesn't want to miss a connection. And if they don't have the courage to be bold and say like, hey, listen, like I want to, I like you. <laughs> they don't have the courage to say it and you don't have the courage to ask. Take a look at how much they're not wanting to let go of the next branch or trying mm-hmm. to swing into the next branch to keep something moving forward. Because women undoubtedly are like, unless it's moving forward, it's dying, right? If it's not growing, it's dying. They're like plants that way. But plants, monkeys, I'm sorry, women, ladies, I'm sorry. This is, what, yeah. this is what happens when you choose one completely unqualified person to represent the voice of half the population. But I think you get what I, I'm I, saying. Yeah, I will say you should check out Jen and I's uh, new self-help book coming out next year <laughs> called How to Be a Strong Branch. How to Be a Strong Branch. Oh my God. Okay, question two. Mm-hmm. How do I know? This, and the question submitted by men. This is not my voice. How do I know if I'm just being used for sex? I mean, not to go all Socratic method here on you, but are you doing other things besides having sex? Because that would be a good indicator on my part. And sometimes you have to, again, you have to ask for that. I, I, in, in a new relationship, of course, you kind of want to, you do want to like rip each other's clothes off a lot of the times. Like that is, there is that sexual chemistry and you want to explore that. And that's all great. I try in the relationships I've had, there is that, <laughs> those first couple of meetings, that, of course, like that is fun to do, but then it's like, well, do you want to just do something that's not just this? Like, let's try out a new restaurant or let's try and go for a walk around the lake or let's try to go, I don't know, to the zoo or whatever pastime you want to you want to do. And if there's resistance to that or there's an embarrassment of seeing them, you with them out in public, then that's a red flag for me. So in movies, they have what's called what is it called? The Bechdel test? Bechdel? Bechdel test. Yeah. Yeah, The Bechdel test where if it's. Do you want to explain it? You'll explain it better. Yeah, I'll explain it. It is actually based on this cartoonist, Alison Bechdel, which I have actually have some of her books. She's actually a really great writer. But it, her, it was it was meant as a joke, but has been picked up by a lot of like social commentary. This doesn't necessarily mean the movie is bad, but the test is this. It does the movie feature more than one woman character. Second, do those two women characters talk to each other? And third, do they talk about something other than a man? That test feels, right, intellectually, it's like, that should be so easy to pass. And uh, 80% Mm -hmm. of movies made by Hollywood fail it. (laughs) Exactly. Which is wild to think about. It is wild to think about. And now that it's in your mind, take a look out for it. Because even it relates not just to film, but television. I find mm-hmm. it's absolutely paramount. I people who follow me on social media at the Jen Sanford know that I'm I'm often griping about, you know, we can't have women's equality and also have real housewives of 75 countries where they just fight and pull each other's hair out and the bachelor where it's perfect strangers who have met a man for one second and then are prepared to fight each other for his love and affection. We can't have equality and also have this kind of television, right? Like mm-hmm. they're counterintuitive goals. Back to this question, I think 
if there's a if there's a Bechdel test for movies and television, I think we need a Sanford Marshall test for relationships, <laughs> which is sure. can you have a 60 minute conversation with a person you're with and nothing sexually suggestive is said? Mm-hmm. That's how you know. I think that's how you know whether or not you're being used for sex or not. Plus, there's also oh. evolution that we have to consider, right? Sorry to cut you off, but there's also evolution we have to consider. Some relationships start as just being like a very sexual adventure. Sure. And then two people are like, oh, crap, I like this person. And they have to evolve <laughs> out of it. And for some people, that evolution is slow. And for some people, that evolution is fast. And right. some patience is required there. But I think the Sanford Marshall test of can you have a one hour, 60 minute conversation where there is no sexual innuendo? And everybody remains fully clothed. I need this educational study. I need this paper written by next year. <laughs> and show to my parents, like, look at this. I, I'm fully vetted. I am a success. I am a success. You thought this podcast was stupid, mom. Um, okay, so I picked out the next question. It says, do girls honestly like the nice guys? Yeah, I think they do. I think women do. I think they look for someone who's nurturing. I think they look for someone safe. But I think that there is a, that we often misconstrue, misconstrue a nice guy from a boring guy, right? Like you can, you can be like the nicest person in the world, but if you have hobbies that don't include the other person and you talk about things that the other person just can't relate to, and you, you know, you speak about things in a way that doesn't bring people along, you know, don't misconstrue being, you know, isolated or boring with being nice. Yeah, so two things that immediately jump to mind here, because this very quickly can devolve into like incel territory. Because you as a person are quote unquote nice, like you're not shoving a girl on the street or calling her names, that does not equate to you getting to have sex with that woman. Exactly. You know what I mean? Like being quote unquote nice does not automatically unlock the doors for everything else that you want. Yeah, you're right. You have to be an actual person and ask them questions and be interested in them and, and have that reciprocal relationship with them. The second thing that pops to mind here, Jen, you know, I love movies. My second huge love is musical theater. Mm -hmm. And what this question reminds me of is the musical into the woods written by my favorite composer, Stephen Sondheim, because there's a lyric in there, in this case, because Into the Woods is all about fairy tales and deconstructing them, but Little Red Riding Hood has a line of stuff that her grandmother taught her and is, nice is different than good. Yes. And I think that is very, very key. (laughs) Nice does not mean that you're a good person. Mm, So mm -hmm. be a good person. Exactly. Well, you know that, while I appreciate that you love musical theater, you know that I love politics. And there, <laughs> there is a great expression by Abraham Lincoln, which, I mean, if you want to talk about sexy men, uh, right, exactly. hello. That hat, that, that beard, come on. I was just going to say that same thing, that, that hat, man. He says, you know, people who have no vices have no virtue. Mm. I mean, sometimes what can be very attractive in a person and toward a person is someone who has the courage to, to say, I don't like something. I, 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 right. I, I think that this is you know, this is wrong and I have an opinion about it and I'm prepared to, to be vocal and, and, and be obstinate and, and be forthright in my opinion and, and in, my, in my behavior if I, if, I, if I don't believe in something. Like sometimes for a lot of people, people who have no vices have no virtue. But I liked what you were saying about 
being nice and being good are different. And I mm-hmm. think that's an important thing to thank you, Stephen Sondheim, for that. Next question. Is it okay to have a relationship with my ex if I'm in a new relationship? I'm going to be very bold and say no. I don't think it is okay to do that. I don't even care if it ended on good terms. The, o- <laughs> the only time would be as if there was a kid in the equation here where you absolutely have to have a relationship with that person. But to under the new relationship, to uh, not call a question uh, as far as like that budding new romance. No, I don't think you should. I think that should be a clean break. Wish them well. Here's your dossier and have a good life. Here's your parting gift. Thank you for playing. Yeah. Um, okay. So as someone who is, was married and now divorced, I'm, I would say, and we had no, we sh- share mm. no children together, but we do share a dog, which kept us, you know, at the hip for a little bit. But I, I would say that I think it's healthy for everyone to get a clean start. And I think that there's something to be said about like wishing someone well and also having that be like a door to like rebirth and and renewal, I think I think is important. I think that there's nothing wrong with like a a periodic check in or or just something that you like being friendly. But I think if we define the word relationship as like a continuum of connection, I'm not sure if I'm into that. I think, mm-hmm. you know, something my mother used to say that I always think about in relationships, not that I want to get relationship advice from my own mother, but she always says like people are in your life for a reason or a season. And I think mm. relationships that end can be a bit of both, but mostly they're in it for a season. So when a new season begins, I think it's natural to let that go. You know, I would be interested to see what the what the public has to say about this. I'm going to put yeah. up a, I'm going to put up a Twitter poll and ask um, is it okay to, I'm going to ask this question. Is it okay to have a relationship with an ex when you're in a new relationship? I'm going to ask because you're saying no, and I'm saying no. And I bet there's people out there who are like, Jesus, these two people are unqualified. Jaded. Jaded. <laughs> what happened to Pessimistic. you? Pessimistic. What happened? Yeah. I, I just think honestly, if you like for my, for my ex-husband, he's in a new relationship and I really want that relationship to be successful. Right. And if, if I'm there, like, I'm probably not there to help. So I think if you wanted to, like, it just, obviously it was a nightmare to be married to. I'm probably not all of a sudden going to be magic and divorce, but I just think like, if you want that relationship to be successful, get out of there, get out of there. Okay. So this is a heavy one that I just pulled out. I've been dating this girl for like three months and she went to a hotel with three other people and lied to me about it. Two of the people there swear she cheated on me and her and the other guy swear otherwise. What should I do? Quite a Friday night. Whoa. This is a very honest question to whoever submitted it. Thank you very much. Mm -hmm. Okay, listen. Break it into parts. It doesn't matter what happened in that hotel. It doesn't matter. That's not the part of the story that matters. It's easy to focus there, right? Because it's like he said, she said, hearsay. Mm. What's the truth? But But the reality is, is that you've caught her in a lie. It says right in the question, she went to a hotel with three other people and lied to me about it. So you already know that you've got one confirmed lie. So what you have to ask yourself is, is that lie a deal breaker? Do you want to be with someone who can look at you right in the face and not tell you the truth? And if you're like, yes, then you get what you get with whatever happened in the hotel. But if you don't, then you know your answer and it doesn't matter what happened in the hotel. I find that we always get so obsessed with the, you know, she said this and he said this and he said, what do you know to be true? Right? Like come back to it. What do we know to be true? That she, she didn't tell the truth about going to the hotel. So you know, you've got one confirmed lie. So what do you want to do with that? 
because that's the facts that you have that you can manage. This is what I was going to focus on here, too, because whether or not she had sex with this other person, I find almost irrelevant in that Mm -hmm. we know that she lied about something trivial. So what is going to happen when there's something huge that comes on in the relationship? And it's been three months. Cut the cord. <laughs> Who cares? It's been three months. We I like can, the, move on to the way next. he even structures the question. I've been dating this girl for like three months. Like, yeah. I guess it's been a quarter of a year. I guess. That's right. That's right. I guess. Yeah. I mean, you're not very far into it to be with someone who doesn't want to tell you the truth. So I think the yeah. biggest question is to step back and say, like, what do I deserve? That was a good question. Whoever submitted that question, you have my genuine thanks. I want more questions like that. So people listening, submit more questions like that, please. Here's the next one. How much does it matter if a boy is shy, insecure, or harsh on himself? You know, totally asking for a friend, says the question. So clearly this guy wants to know, is being shy, insecure, and or harsh on himself a problem? Kyle, did you submit this question? Yeah, I, I, it was actually me. No, um, it doesn't have to be. I personally adore a little bit of self-deprecation here and there i succumb to it myself every so often where it can start to get into some negativity is if if it's a constant thing like they believe that nothing they do is okay or they're constantly trying to measure up to some something else some unknown perfect figure in their life they start to self-harm that sort of thing where we wouldn't want to have some sort of professional help step in. Shyness can be overcome because sometimes people are shy in public settings, but not so much when you get to them on one-on-one. Insecurity. I think everyone has insecurities. Anyone who's like, says, I have no insecurities. I don't trust them. They're not self-aware. Yeah. And then harsh on themselves. Like, yeah, a little bit of, again, that uh, making fun of themselves is okay. But if it's like too harsh or they're causing mental hardship on themselves, that's when it can cross that line. I think that the big thing here is about degrees. I think we're kind of saying the same thing. Yeah. In some cases, self-deprecation can be about about giving a social cue that you have humility and you're humble. And -hmm. I think that those are noble qualities for sure. But is it to the degree where they are insecure and harsh on themselves because that is an extension of their identity? Then I think you have a real problem on your hands, right? Because one is about you know, demonstrating that you are, you know, you see yourself not as a perfect person. And the other one is about saying, I want to reflect as much as I can that I am not a complete person. Mm. And I think that can, that can be dangerous. And I think, I think one is okay. And I think the other one requires a little bit of more self-care and to do a little bit more work because I think you're so susceptible to get into a relationship, especially if it's one of those strong arm relationships where you're with a really dominant personality. And I think you're ripe for codependency, right? You're ripe for that Hungarian proverb I talked about earlier, which is that they will then define what you are. I think what's important here that this question doesn't really speak to is that I don't want to confuse like shyness with introversion. I think so often we look at extroverts as like, oh, that's what we should all aspire to be. Let me be literal it. Let me be literate. It's a mess. We have 70 questions to go, you guys. We do live in a society where we reward extroverts and we always try to encourage introverts to change when really introverts provide an invaluable 
perspective and contribution to society. There's a great book out there called Quiet that talks just exactly about how valuable introverts are. So I don't want to use shyness and introversion interchangeably because I think crippling shyness can really talk about like an underdeveloped sense of self, but introversion can just be like the way we are. Like Kyle, you and I, I think are very introverted. Like I really enjoy my time alone. I often find when I'm in a group of people for a long period of time that I'm like, well, now I have to go home and lay down because that was a lot. Thank you very much. But we both work in spaces that require us to have quite a bit of extroverted tendencies. Turn it on when you need to. Turn it on. I mean, just to give the uh, positive for my fellow introverts. Uh, most of the time, introverts are really great listeners, so they actually take in the information a lot and can like speak it back to you. So yeah, in, yeah, there's nothing bad with being introverted. Of course, they're introspective. Um, they're they have a tendency to see d- data with renewed meaning. I'm an introvert, so obviously I'm a champion for introverts. But I just think I don't want to confuse in the in the question here. They're asking, does it matter if a boy is shy? I don't want to confuse shyness with introversion. That's a good another good question. Yeah. This is going to be a very strong pivot to something else here, Jen. How big of a deal is facial hair, really? On the topic of hair, what's the official ruling on manscaping? Which I like the fact that (laughs) we have like a direct line to the queen, the official ruling on on hair and manscaping. official degree. This is quite a pivot. Mm. To be fair, I kind of thought all the questions were going to be like this. Okay, <laughs> like, good. is the V a thing? <laughs> okay. Um, okay. So again, this is me speaking for me, not speaking for all women, but I am extraordinarily ordinary. So hopefully I'm, I'm getting a huge swath of us here. Listen, you got to keep it. It's all about upkeep. It's all about upkeep. If you have yesterday's breakfast in the beard, it's a problem. If you're a heavy drooler and you're like, look how shiny my beard is. And you're like, it's shiny because you drool all night. It's a problem. It's a problem. It's not about what you have. It's about how it's maintained. And I apply the same ruling, the official ruling over to manscaping. Keep it clean, keep it tidy, and you'll be fine. So I also can only speak for myself. And this is my official ruling. I hate facial hair. Hate it a lot. Dislike it a thousand and twenty percent do not enjoy it in any way shape or form everyone nowadays is like the new craze and it drives me up the wall everyone is getting mustaches and it's like oh look there's like beard wax and all this other stuff that i'm gonna upkeep my facial hair with it's gross disgusting and i don't want to sit next to you on the bus <laughs> wow kyle <laughs> Kyle has a lot of feelings on this. This is really surprises me. Have you like what is it? Is it? Did you just not like the feeling of it when you kiss when you kiss it or you're well, near yeah, it? I would or you never kiss it? someone with a beard. But no, I'm just <gasps> joking. I'm joking. I'm what? totally joking. Here's the thing. I've actually thought long and hard on this, and I think it's like a weird. I was going to say Oedipal thing, but that's the wrong terminology. It's because my dad had a mustache growing up, so I think I just intuitively think of my dad when I see a mustache on someone for whatever reason. And it is like a completely like, no, I can actually count literally on one hand. I can tell you the amount of men I have found attractive that have had facial hair in my entire life. Okay. So coming back to what we were talking about earlier about deal breakers and the list, if you met a guy that was like, check, check, Mm -hmm. check, 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 check off this list, but he had like a full beard. What do you do? Oh, it would be so hard. It would be so hard for me. I'd be like, 
Let's just try shaving. Oh, I don't know. Maybe it would be cool if you shaved it. Oh, my God. But for some people, they're very territorial about this beard. Like, as you know, I'm in a relationship with a man that looks strikingly like Jesus. Pause for sound effect. He, of course, Jesus has a beard. And he and he when I first met him, it was like. Oh my goodness. It was quite like a, a poster child for homelessness. I don't know what was happening in certain parts of it. And I made a comment that I was not too sure about the beard anecdotally. And the next time I saw him, it was like trimmed down, nice and close, nice and short, but still a full beard, to, you know, to the skin. I have to say, I like it. I didn't think I would. Maybe Kyle, this is a whole thing. Like you don't know it until you try it. Could be. It could be. I know that I do not like the santa claus like giant beard like that that is not a thing yeah, what the that, hell? that i yeah. enjoy close crop like mm, i could probably be able to do like it's if it was like every other thing has been checked off on my so-called list i would pursue that relationship and who knows maybe they would be like that special unicorn was like actually i like the beard more i don't know i just know that as a rule most men that i find attractive look way more attractive without a beard than they do with one. Yeah, I've that's often, my opinion. I've often wondered what Jesus would look like without a beard. But <laughs> alas, I, I don't know. One of the things I'm finding is that men who have beards, they're very, it's part of their thing. They're very territorial right. about them and how they're, and they like, they like it being touched. They like it being like, they, they, it's like a thing. It's like a whole part of their identity. And I, they're very, so I think even like the, like the sly connotation of, why don't you just get rid of it? Why don't you just shave it to see what you look like? I think it's like very insulting to them. It would be like saying you should get, I don't know what the equivalent to a woman would be, but you know, you should get this removed because I think I would like you better, but it's an unusual thing. So where do you stand then on manscaping? Does it have to be like right down to hardwood? <laughs> no, is the quick answer to that question. I do think, like you said, it has to be upcapped. There has to be some care and attention to that. Does it have to be completely shaved? No, no, I don't. I wouldn't. I wouldn't go that far. But if it's like the briar patch down there, then maybe we should have a bit of a conversation about this. <laughs> yes, I'm just like neat and tidy. If mm -hmm. I'm looking sharp, you're looking sharp. I just think it's about equality. Here's the other weird thing, though. Even though the beard thing is like a weird line in the sand. Oh for my me, god! I know. I know what you're gonna say. Yeah, body I, hair isn't. So I don't know. It's a weird. It's a weird hang up that I have. It's just the hair on the face that I don't like. Oh, okay. All right. So we've had a lot of questions that we like. Now we've had one submitted that I don't like, which is I think why it's jammed in here. What are some major turnoffs? I hate this question. <laughs> we only field the questions for men. International mm -hmm. Men's Day, Kyle. Now we're answering this question. I guess what are some major turnoffs for people who date men? So I'll, you go first. I, I mean, I just talked about my physical thing that is a turnoff <laughs> for me. So let me go with one a little bit more theoretical, which is the biggest turnoff for me is people being stuck up, I guess is the, the word I'm going to use for this. People who are derogatory to other people who thinks it makes them look cool, I guess, to be uh, ultra rude or aggressive or negative all the time. Oh, look, those personality traits. I just don't ever find it attractive. I don't know. That's, a, that's what I would say. Is like, if you're a jerk, then I, that is the biggest turnoff for me. For me, I think springboarding from our last question, if you have bad hygiene, 
I think that can be a huge turnoff because it really gives mm-hmm. the indication that you don't care about yourself. And if you don't care about yourself, how are you going to care about another person? Right. The other things are if you if you are a poor communicator and what I'm talking about there is if you have the skills to be a good communicator, but you don't care enough to be a good communicator and therefore you are a bad communicator. That's a big turnoff, right? Because you're choosing right. to be lesser than you are consciously lesser than you're capable of doing. If you're not impeccable with your word. I mean, I'm a big believer that like, say what you mean and mean what you say. And what, whatever you say for a lot of people, especially in a new relationship, it's all people have to measure you against. Do you tell the truth? Do you say what you mean? Do you choose to have words of kindness? I brought this up when I talked about the list, right? That I believe that everything you say to a partner should pass through three doors, right? Is it the truth? Is it, is it helpful? And is it kind? And if, you're, right. if what you say can't get through those three doors, do you choose to say it, right? And I think that that, for a large swath of people, really captures what their turnoffs are, right? Do you tell the truth? Are you hurtful? You know, do, do you want to use your words and your actions to lift up the other person? I think if you fall short of your own potential, that, that ultimately is a major turnoff. And I think it's ultimately for people, especially in our age bracket, who are older and more seasoned, and in my case, significantly more weathered and pissed off and tired of all of this. I think the, the question is like, do you have the interest to lift up a partner and to, and to try? I think that that, that that to me is more important than, you know, the trivial stuff around like, oh, you have wax in your ears. <laughs> like, I think as time goes and on, I have like, a lot whatever. of it. Yeah. Like, whatever. All right, Jen. Um, this is going to probably be a fun answer. Why do girls ask questions they already know the answer to? <sighs> you know how last week I talked about there are certain things that people do that they should go to relationship jail. Right. You know, for all of the things that women are fighting for, this probably should be on the agenda. Because this is really one thing that we can do to enrich society. I don't know. Why do we do this? And not to answer a question with a question. But why do we do this? The only reason I can think of is because we want the validation, right? We want the validation that the person's on the same page with us, that, you know, men are compliant, that they will say what we want them to say at the time we want them to say it with the enthusiasm that we want them to say it. I am so critical of this. And yet at the same time, often catch myself doing the very same thing. Like, hey, where, you know, where do you see us in a year? And then two mm-hmm. weeks later, I'm like, where do you see us in a year? I'm just, right, it's a barometer. Right. We ask because we want to gauge if the, if the direction and the momentum of the relationship has changed. I think in some cases, there are very nefarious intentions for women. Um, it's a shit test. It's a way to, to, to say like, to hold men accountable, which I think is not in the spirit of, of accountability and equality. You know, I don't know why women do this. I wish that they wouldn't do it. If we could maybe band together on this, I think it's about equality, um, you know, fighting for, you know, free access to abortion and stopping this shit. That would be my answer to this question. Sorry, that was a lot, but it drives me nuts. It really drives me nuts. I mean, yeah. And as you heard there, uh, Jen does hate all women. So I'm going to. (laughs) Yeah, tweet that out. That's going to be the only clip of this episode that will haunt me for the rest of my life. I'm going to come at this at a slightly different angle and this is always because i'm always looking for like the sympathetic take i know i like i'm on board with like don't do a shit test don't play like psychological war games on someone like say what you mean and mean what you say at the same time i think that 
partly what this can be a result of is people not being able to ask the actual question that they want to ask. So they're like, they're fumbling or they're trying to ask something in the way that makes sense to them. So as like a completely banal example, someone sees that the garbage has not been taken out. That was the responsibility of the other party. And we say like, hey, did you take the garbage out? Even though you know that they didn't, you can see that they didn't do it. Because what you're really asking is, why didn't you take the garbage out when you said you would? It's a cover. Because we want to know the why. We want to understand yeah. why but, didn't but you do But we don't want to seem like we're nagging. Right, exactly. I think you're right in saying it probably would be a better question. Like, oh, I noticed that the garbage hasn't been taken out. What happened? Because we want to understand that why. So I think that that can be part of this is like, why are they asking these questions? Because they don't want to be like jumping on your back every second of the day being like, you said you were going to do this or like we agreed upon this thing. And yes, I know the answer to this, but I also don't want to come at you like accusatorily. You touch on something really important there, which is that and I'll just lean into this as a communications person, as a comms person is that there's only three ways we can talk to someone. We can talk to them as another adult, adult to adult. We can talk to them as a parent. So, or we can talk to them as a child, right? So right. when we, a great example using your garbage scenario would be like a child would be like, you didn't take the garbage out. You don't respect me. You don't like that's behaving like a child. A parent would be like, why didn't you take the garbage out? You have a responsibility to take the garbage out. You, you made a commitment to me that you would take the garbage out. But because we feel so uncomfortable with those two things, the only natural deviation from there is to treat them like an adult, which is to say, you missed the garbage. Can I help you? Mm -hmm. Right. I mean, and I think that that's the one thing that we're derelict in our duty is to say, like, does everything I say lift up the other person? And I find so often in relationships and I'm often frustrated, especially when people, you know, they'll they'll snap really quick to it where they talk to their friends like an adult to adult. They'll talk to their right. parents like an adult to adult. They'll talk to strangers, an adult to adult. And then they will get home and they will talk to their partner like a parent or like a child. Right. And I, I hate that. I think that that holds you out from the true potential of your relationship. Yeah, the garbage is a great example. And I encourage people to check themselves. When you see the garbage hasn't been taken out, which of the three approaches do you take, right? To behave like a child, to try to parent your partner, or do you, do you treat them as an adult to say, you forgot to take out the garbage. Can I help? Or do you need help? Or do you mind? Or how can I help you? Or, of course, the other option, which is always great, they missed it. You take it out. And you set the house on fire. <laughs> I shiv them in the neck. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly right. That's exactly right. So a lot of questions here this week, Jen. There's a bunch of different ways that people can send in their questions to us for future episodes. One of the best places to go to is our website. So somebodydatejenandkyle.com. That's Jen with two N's. There you'll find two different places. One, the fishbowl. We can... Uh, submit questions that we'll answer in a future episode. There's also a question of the week that you can supply your answers to that, again, we are collating and collecting for future purposes. You can also hit us up on social media. So we have at somebody date over on Twitter or at somebody date JK on Facebook. And the same thing, you can go in there, comment on posts, submit questions, do all the cool stuff that all the cool kids are doing. Um, and lastly, I will say is if you want to help out this podcast, what you can do is that you can go to whatever place you listen to podcasts in, whether that's Apple, Spotify, Google, Amazon, dozens and dozens of other places that you can listen <laughs> to podcasts on, and you can leave a rating and review. 
Ratings are good. Of course, we want you to hit five stars, but reviews are even better in some cases because they do help with the algorithm to make us be more findable on uh, on the on the algorithm because that is what our life is nowadays is beholden to an algorithm. You guys, thanks for spending this Friday with us. We are Jen Sanford and Carl Marshall. This has been Somebody Date Jen and Kyle. Stay safe out there and we'll see you next Friday. Bye.